Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Love Podcast. We're going to continue now going forward into taking a little time to look at specific places where Jesus spoke words of love to us so that we can just hang out with them because we're supposed to love as Jesus loved us, experiencing him love us with words and internalizing those words. We need to do that. Well, there's a lot of times when I'm doing a weekend, and I don't say it all the time, not as much as I used to, but every now and then I'll just ask the crowd, anybody familiar with this song called Jesus Loves Me? (laughs) And everybody, of course, there's hardly a Christian alive, unless they're young, and even then, who have not at one time heard and probably are able to sing, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, For the Bible Tells Me So. Well, what I have fun doing is saying, where does the Bible tell you that? Where does the Bible actually say Jesus loves you? I'll give you a second to think about it. Where does the Bible actually tell you that Jesus loves you? The way people respond to this is immediately they go, well, John 3.16. And I go, no, that says for God so loved the world. Well, and then they might throw out a verse here or a verse there until finally they all recognize that none of the passages that they offer to me explicitly say that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves us in very clear, concrete terms. Just that simple phrase, I love you. Jesus loves you. But there is one, and most people don't know it, and it's found in John 14, 21. And that verse, together with several others, are what we're going to look at today. Jesus does, in fact, tell us that he loves us. The verse is in 14.21. It's in this final conversation, or really it's often referred to as the farewell discourse. This is Jesus' final time of teaching and sharing with the disciples after washing their feet, having the meal together. The rest of the time, 14 to 16, is him sharing very specific teaching that it seems they haven't heard much before. And then it finishes with that long prayer in John 17, where they listen to Jesus pray for them, and then they leave. So here in the middle of this talk, where he has said earlier in the chapter 14, 10, and 11, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Remember, he responds back to Philip's question when he says, Jesus, just show us the Father. And Jesus says, whoa, Philip, have I been with you for so long, and you don't know who I am? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then especially he says that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. And it's in that moment that the disciples realize that, whoa, this isn't just the human Jesus who's loved us, but actually God in Jesus, presumably by the Spirit, has been loving us with these words and actions. Well, as he's talking with them, and he kind of changes gears right after that, and in fourteen fifteen he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And then he talks about the Spirit coming, and then in 1421, he says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and here it is, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Let's hear that last sentence again. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I, too, will love them and show myself to them. Judas then asked him, why are you going to only show yourself to us and not to the world? And then in verse 23, he doesn't answer his question, but says almost the exact statement, but with a little bit different ending, where the first one, Jesus says, I will love you and show myself to you. This one, he says, if anyone loves me, 
My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. We will make our home with him. Well, as it began, 1415, he says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. In 1421, it begins with, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And then here in 23, he says, if anyone loves me, they will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now, Peter and I have talked and rise of other times of being in other conversations and maybe you just felt it as well, is that it sounds like you don't get loved by the Father until you love Jesus. Especially when he says, if anyone loves me, my Father will love him. You might hear it as, you mean it's not until I love Jesus that now the Father will love me? Or again, as he said, the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. It sounds like God doesn't love us until we love Jesus. But that's not true. (laughs) And I want to take a moment to help unpack that because this was really, really special, especially in light of my thesis, which is trying to talk about the fact that we are supposed to love as Jesus loved us, but the physical Jesus is not present with us now. So how? How do we get loved by Jesus? We, his future disciples, Christians, how do we get loved by Jesus physically the way the disciples did? Or was the command only valid when he was on the earth? and valid only for those disciples. Well, I think this is the passage that gives us tremendous hope that it wasn't only while he was physically present and only for those disciples, but for all the rest of us in the future as well. Because see, first of all, he's speaking to the disciples. This is him having a teaching moment where the 12 are there and he's talking to them, although by now, actually, Judas has left, so it's the 11 of them. And later on, in 1627, Jesus says these words, The Father himself, right now, present tense, loves you, meaning the eleven, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. He explicitly says to them, the Father himself, that's actually a Greek word there, the Father himself loves you. And he's looking at all 11 of them. The Father loves you because you have loved me. I know you love me. And you believe that I came from God. So that's already a present reality for the disciples. They love Jesus. It's evident because they believe that he came from the Father. And those are the Father in the moment loves them. Absolutely. But see, in our verses today, 14, 21, and 23, it's not to you. He says, whoever, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one, not them, not you, he says, the one who loves me. Or in verse 23, if anyone loves me, my father will love him. And those verbs are future tense, will be loved by. I too will love. My father will love. And he speaks of this time when they together will come to that person and make their home with them. See, I finally caught it, especially in light of the fact that Jesus said later in 1627, know the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. Here's the thing is that you and I are the whoever. You and I are the anyone. And there was a time before we came to know Jesus that we didn't love him because we didn't even know about him. 
And most of all, in the same way that the disciples loved Jesus because he at first loved them. They didn't originally just decide to love Jesus. They experienced his love constantly for three years. At this point, clearly they love him. And Jesus says so right there in that passage. So the whoever and will be loved and that he will love is for the future believers, the the disciples to come, i.e. us, Christians. Consider before you and I believed that Jesus came from God and all that implies that he came to reveal God, to redeem us, to save us, to set us free, especially to, to die for our sins. The question is, is when you and I were not loving Jesus, did God love us? Well, the answer is, of course he did. He doesn't start loving us on the day we decide to love Jesus (laughs) because Scripture tells us otherwise, right? I mean, consider that in the very same gospel, John 3, 16, it does say, For God, God the Father, loved, so loved the world, which was the love that he had in his heart already. The word love in both Greek and Hebrew simply means this emotion, this thing this deep affection someone feels because that they value someone or something. So it's out of his unbelievable valuing of us that he has such strong love and then he demonstrated that love because, again, you can never know what's in someone's heart unless they express it in words or actions. So he expresses that love, that value he has for us, the world, by sending his only son, right? 1 John 4.10 This is love, not that we loved God. We weren't loving God. We weren't loving Jesus, but he loved us anyway and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Or Paul says it really well in Romans 5, where the verse some of us may be very familiar with is that God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Well, in verse 6, he calls sinners ungodly, and in verse 10, he calls sinners enemies. The point was, there was a time when we didn't love God and we didn't love Jesus such that we were his enemies, that we were, we behaved like an enemy toward him, sinners as the ungodly. And it was in that moment that God sent Jesus to die for us. And of course, we also recognize that there are several places that we recognize that God didn't just send Jesus and that he was an unwilling participant. Jesus laid down his life for us. 1 John 3, 16, he says, this is also how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us. Or Ephesians 5, 2, he says that Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. He wasn't forced. He did this because he loved us. Or in John 10, when he says the good shepherd, because he cares for the sheep, lays down his life for the sheep. So, this was a total cooperative thing between God and the Son, God and Jesus, the Father and Jesus. But it was because they already loved us. And then when he said in 1627, because you believe that I came from God, I think the idea is that what happens is we hear, we hear about the love that God has for us, and then we respond to that love in faith and repentance, which then in Acts 2, 38, we're told, and we, it's not just what we're told, but we experienced forgiveness, the infilling of the Spirit, being born again, whereby we become God's children and Jesus' siblings. I thought about trying to illustrate it this way. It's like, you know, that I'm living at home and down the street, there's a guy who lives in a house far down the way, say, and 
I don't know him and I don't care about him. And, and at times I'm mean to him and could care less that he's there. And, and then one day I find out that he does this amazing thing for me that I wasn't even aware of, that he prevented me from dying or maybe my family or my house or something. And he, he did it at great cost to himself. And I hear about this and I respond to that and go, what? And then I meet him. And in that moment, we enter into relationship. It's, we're reconciled. We're, we're in relationship. <laughs> but the amazing thing is that he doesn't stay down the street. Jesus said that he and the Father come and make their home with us. And even later, in us. It's like he comes out of his house and comes and moves into mine. And that even though I knew and was told that he loved me, as he demonstrated through this powerful act... What happened, though, is it caused me to engage him, enter into relationship, experience forgiveness, experience the Spirit coming in, experiencing joy and life and freedom and all that, and suddenly I love him, and I love Jesus. I become one of those whoever loves me, anyone who loves me. You and I became one of those who love him. And the coolest part is that the Father and the Son came to dwell in us. So that when he says, anyone who loves me will be loved by the Father, it's not that the Father's love starts then. It's that the love that's always been in the heart of the Father and the Son for us, even before the, the world was ever created, that love was not just demonstrated in the one act that we celebrate called communion or the Eucharist. But that love is supposed to be experienced every day. We're relationally, we're not just celebrating the one moment that God demonstrated, but he comes and moves in beside us, with us, in us, so that now that love is something that we experience. We will be loved, where the Father would say, you are loved by me. But now it's mutual between you and I. I'm, you're loving me and I'm loving you and you're experiencing the love that was in my heart that's so great as you saw in what I did for you through Jesus. That love, I want you to experience it every day, which Jesus says, and I too will love you, that there is a time in the future, which is again by the Spirit, that Jesus says, I love you. There it is, folks. Jesus loves me. This I know. And it's not just because the Bible told me so. I know it because by the Spirit, Jesus and the Father have come into my heart and my life. They didn't just demonstrate it once, but now they come and we're reconciled and we're in relationship. And every day he says, I love you. And Jesus says, I love you. I want to show myself to you. And then, of course, in 1723, Jesus reminds us, and now from the Father's heart to ours, I love you even as I love Jesus. So friends, it's not just a little song we sing. And it's not just a verse. It's reality by the Spirit. This was Jesus' promise that you and I, even after he ascended and was gone, would experience relationally, intimately, his love, the Father's love. And again, is what first love is all about, is that I think by the Spirit, when He says that I will show myself, which literally means to make visible, I think 
He is continuing to make his love visible, manifest to us through each of us by the Spirit. That was his promise. I will continue to show myself, make myself visible to you. And the love we demonstrated on the cross and the love that the disciples experienced by me and by the Father through me was not just for them. That we, by the Spirit, have moved in. And every moment of every day, we want you to be loved, to experience our love for you through words and actions. So, beloved, hear their heart. We know you love us. We know you love us. But, oh, we love you. We love you. I, the Father, love you even as I love Jesus. We love you every moment of every day. And we continue to reveal who we are and what we're like by the Spirit through you. So be encouraged today. We are with you, in you, love you, and we'll reveal ourselves to you. Father, thank you. We love you and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.